This is the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of May 8th. 2020, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, from Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, uh, artist and producer, Derek Miner. What up, Don? Uh, we have a great show in store for you today. Uh, coming up later, best-selling author and podcaster Jen Hatmaker joins us. Uh, she has a brand new book out called Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire, The Guide to Being Glorious You, uh, which we talked to her about. And we also have a segment with Kim Walker-Smith, who joins us to share some highlights of the new Jesus Culture album, Church Volume 1. It'd be really funny if there was no volume two. Um, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, part one. I would love to try. I, I think more culture people need to troll people by, you know, like Derek, your next album, whatever you land on the title, can you just call it part one and just leave people in bated breath for a very long time for part Bro, two? Listen, if I'm a, if I'm well, like what last week we talked about, Sufjan with the yeah, 50 yeah, State yeah, Project. The yeah. 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 People yeah. are waiting forever, yeah. yeah. Uh, plus, uh, Tyler joins us for another edition of The Hot List coming up in a few minutes. And at the end of the show, I'm trying a new segment with the cast that you won't want to miss. I'm also moving slices around. I'm just messing with the whole format this week. So if it's disorienting, I apologize up front. Before we get going, though, we have some big news. Jesse, I don't know if you know this huge news. It's huge news. I national, heard. I heard. It's a national event. It's all the internet's talking about right now. Today is Jamie Ivey's birthday. Happy birthday, Jamie. Y'all, thank you. It is. I am 42, and I love being 42, so today's my birthday. How do you know? You've been 42 for a minute and a half. <laughs> so far, well, so good. Well, so it's been a good day so far, but I will say, I've been thinking that I was 42 for like six months. I've literally been saying I'm 42, and I told that to my kids the other day, and my kids, it was like their mind was blown. They're like, how do you forget how old you are? Do you ever forget how old you are? All I the do time. all the time. Yes. I'm like, all the time. 78, carry the one. Ne- yeah. I don't know how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, how weird is it doing a, a, having a birthday, you know, because, well, let me ask you this first, because obviously we're all sort of in these degrees of quarantine. I know different states. I know in Florida, they were, it was pretty fast and loose with the quarantine anyway. Like, like I said, they had a lot of exceptions. Which, in, which included essentially spring break chicken fight tournaments, uh, as I discussed previously on this podcast. But if you live, if you live in states that aren't that aren't regulated by the weird rules of Florida, then that we've been on pretty tight lockdowns. And I'm assuming you haven't had that a party is off the table this year, Jamie. How weird is it having a birthday in quarantine? A party is off the table. That's for sure. Like Aaron's, my husband's cooking at home tonight. I would give anything to go to a restaurant. I mean, anything. I told my girlfriend yesterday, I sent her a text and I was like, listen, you guys, I would actually um, go to San Antonio, which is an hour from me. And I would swim in the Riverwalk just to have a vacation. Like I would just do the craziest thing just to get out of town. Um, It's fine. I mean, when you get older, what's a birthday? It's like an, it's another day kind of, but like, you know. We're going to eat dinner at home like we've done every night for the past 7,000 days in quarantine. I know. Well, so. that, that's, that's the thing. I feel like I feel like if, it's, if, if I'm your family and it's your birthday and we're in quarantine, I understand. I understand what's going on. I understand that <laughs> a party is off the table. And let's be honest, guys, because yeah. we, we, we've been doing the Zoom thing for, for a couple of weeks here on the pod. And yeah. it's great for this kind of stuff. It's great for like work meetings. It's great for podcasting and the like. 
I don't know if you guys have had one of these Zoom parties, okay? It is not the same. Do like not fool hour, yourself. Everyone do bring not, a drink? Yeah, do not fool yourself. Because, like, I had, I had uh, my my nephew had a Zoom kids' birthday party, you know? No. And, like, oh, and, and good for them, you know what I mean? Like, good for the kids because they need something. But anytime someone's like, hey, dude, I, we, we should get all the buds together and we'll watch the new Jordan, because there's no sports on. So, like, hey, let's all watch the Jordan documentary and we'll Zoom It'll be like we're hanging out watching basketball. Newsflash, it is not. It is not like you're hanging out watching a basketball game. Derek, let me ask you this. Are you a big birthday guy? Like when when your birthday rolls around, are you are you the type that that goes all out? Nah, bro. I'm I'm just my birthday gift is leave me alone. Like that's that's let me let me just chill, relax. You know what's something I do love to do though? I love to play Monopoly. Like, and I know that's probably very anticlimactic, but like when we play Monopoly, it's like we're selling drugs or something. Like it's really crazy. So, uh, <laughs> okay, Derek, tell me this: when you play games with your kids, do you let them win because they're kids? Yeah. Oh, never, ever. Never. Oh yeah, me neither. Never. No, 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 never, ever, no. Not at Uno, not at Skipbo, nothing. nothing. I'm, take, well, I'm giving you a draw four right at the end. Let me just care. say this: it's no wonder they didn't set up this big Zoom party for you because <laughs> they have all this animosity from their adult mother destroying them in board games. Derek, Derek, for your birthday, if the quarantine's still going on, what do you think we set up for a very special pod recording? We just get on and play Monopoly over Zoom. That actually, <laughs> that actually would be awful. But yeah, let's do it. Nah. Uh, I think uh, I don't know. I would listen to music like let's listen to uh, 90s rap. I think that would be dope, especially because Cam is kind of like a hip hop nerd. And you know what I'm saying? Like, so I think it'd be dope. Let's do, right, let's let's do, do that. It. Let's do hip hop. That's how we'll do it for your birthday. Hey, like d- spe- speaking of and, and Derek, hope, my maybe- birthday's in December, so hopefully we're not in quarantine. Oh dear lord, December. if we're still in quarantine, <laughs> oh, oh, it's going to be Lord of the Flies. This is like, Lord of the Flies. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm gonna. If it comes down to it by then, I was watching. I was binging. I mean, we're all been doing the same thing, just trying to find something on Netflix to keep us sane. And I was I was binging an old season Arrested Development where they had uh, Super Dave Osborne play oh, the surrogate yeah. for George Senior. I'm gonna go like <laughs> when. When it comes down to it, all the people who've already had the virus and have immunity, I'm just going to send a surrogate out into the world. I'm going to put a camera on their head and, I'm gonna, and they're just going to wear a sign that says Jesse. And I'll just be talking through a mic through him and he will interact for the party for me. Derek, I, I, there's one quick thing. I have an idea. I have a, I have a birthday gift idea for Jamie here. All right. Um, and, and that I think it's only $15 on Amazon. Um, okay. And it's not, it won't be in stock for another month. Evidently, a lot of people are in quarantine and buying these things up it's monopoly cheaters edition oh, have you guys heard about this goodness. what this is not true is this is true Derek, have you heard this everything is everything is free game you can steal money out the bank you can do whatever you want it's all it's free a, game is it, it like on the office when they played dallas it, 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 uh, but this is a real game and it evidently comes with some sort of like handcuffs for the tokens because if you get busted it's not about right. it if you, if you, it's about if you get caught that's it wow. this, I this would is love the, this game this is Monopoly this is finance the American way yeah. because they don't punish wrongdoing they punish wrongdoing that gets caught that's, that's it. the crime because <laughs> you got caught you know that's, that's it says funny. something it says something deeply disturbing in our culture that this is a product you can buy but I think Jamie would make a lovely birthday gift and maybe uh, we can call up Derek and 
play uh, over Zoom. <laughs> on Zoom. We had a Zoom Monopoly you. game. Jamie, on Instagram today, are you going to post a picture of those like three foot tall letters in your front yard saying happy birthday, Jamie, and then like friends standing at the street waving at you awkwardly? I don't have a drive-by party today. Oh, like that's okay. not happening, oh, okay. but no. I have seen the drive-by. My friend, know. I don't know my friend I has a this. teenage daughter and, and, and he took his daughter to a drive-by party. <laughs> where, where, help me understand this because this is, this is a birthday. Is this what the kids are? Is this what the kids are doing when they're not zooming? And and so explain to me how this works. There are people just standing in the yard and you just drive by. So I've seen them on Instagram. Like, you know, they like decorate their cars and the birthday person stands in the yard and then everyone drives by. It's so sweet. Like my friend, her mom had like an 80th birthday and all the family did that. So sweet. So one of my son's friends, mom texted me. was like, hey, the boy's birthday is Monday. Can y'all do a drive by? And I'm like, cool, this is great. So my son gets out of the car, which... I'm like a rural follower, you guys. So I was like yeah. six feet apart, guys. So my son gets out of the car. <laughs> I sit in my car for 45 minutes waiting on him. He just hangs out with his friends. And I was like, I thought we were doing a drive-by. I have things to do. So basically, my son just went to a birthday party in the front yard. And yeah. I just sat outside like I was, you know. That, my, neighbor, okay. my neighbor okay. had one of those yesterday, literally yesterday. It was like there were signs out front, like they were thanking the teachers or something like that. It was it's like an teacher appreciation of, week. Yeah. 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 So, so, so it was a drive by social distancing thing. But I don't think, again, I'm in Florida. I don't think Floridians get the concept of what we're trying to do here. Because when I, when I drove by them, there was about 40 people standing in the front yard. I mean, like, you're not six feet apart from each other. You're just in the yard. Why not take it in the house if you're just okay. going to be like, that just close? Just call it a party. Yeah. I well, mean, it's like okay. I'm glad. I'm glad this came up because <laughs> there was this thing I saw. Me and my wife were watching TV the other day, and we saw this commercial for this deal that it was like a marketing campaign about like Oscar Mayer, the hot dog company, yeah. and they were like they set a date which was last weekend, and they were like it's it's national social or it's the national social distancing barbecue day, and the the vision was this: people will pull their grills out into the driveway, and uh-huh. you have a cookout, and everyone's just cooking in the driveways, and so we're like, you know what, let's do it. We're desperate here, okay? It may, but all of a sudden we're the only one wheeling the grill out to the driveway. We're like, you guys didn't see the campaign? Oscar Mayer just declared a holiday, people. What, what, what are we doing here? And so then I'm like, all right, we're going to wheel it back. And I'm just going to leave the gate open. And people just, what's the difference in front yard or backyard? Okay. Yeah. Like, we know the rules. We, yeah, we got yeah. it. Six feet. We know people are going to be, you know, che- like cheating on it a little. We know that if I pull the hot dog off the grill with the tongs, my tongs weren't. See, listen, well, I got it. There's risk out there. Okay. Be safe. But the. You know, some of this stuff just seems. You were almost a weirdo grilling in your driveway by yourself. For no reason. That's <laughs> right. I love and that. People image. are looking at. I'm like, where's yours? It's a holiday. Oscar Mayer said so. Why would they just fabricate this? Oh my goodness. It's crazy times we're in. Well, I I always, I I think about from time to time during this quarantine, I've thought about people that have graduations or birthdays or weddings that were scheduled during all this. And I wondered like, you know, so now I know somebody. I didn't know anybody who had a birthday during this season. Now I know somebody. I actually went to a wedding last weekend, you guys. My husband was the officiant and it was, there was 12 of us there and we all stood it was outside and they had it on zoom and so all the people who were gonna come watched on zoom the whole time and it was crazy and weird but they wanted to get married instead of push it back 
Derek, quick question for you. How long before you perform a Zoom concert? Oh, it's, it's, it's not Come happening. On. It's not happening. It's, it's, no? My, look, my business partner in the label, like a lot of the, the young artists are doing that. I'm like, man, I'm too old for that. Like, this, it's just not going to happen. So, yeah. All the Derek Minor fans, I'm sorry, guys. No zooming. No zooming. The 90% of my Instagram feed is uh, bored thought leaders, pastors, and artists just FaceTiming each other and going Instagram live. And like, it's like that's all anybody's doing now is performing or doing interviews. And I'm like, stop doing all the interviews. That's what we do. (laughs) My my daughter daughter is barely four years old and she has Zoom meetings. I don't even know who they're with. Literally, it's like, I'm like, all right, Dan, we're going to do work. You guys got anything going on today? She's like, well, Haley's got a Zoom meeting. I'm like, with who? Who is she Zooming with? I think think people just get emails that say, hey, click on this Zoom link at this time. You're like, I don't know who sent me the email. I don't know who's in the Zoom meeting, but this is what we do now. We just Zoom all day and we'll figure it out. Yeah, just jump in there. Well, uh, joining our Zoom uh, now, it's time for... Uh, joining us is our very own Tyler Huckabee, host of Relevant Daily and the guy who has his finger on the beat of what's happening uh, and uh, what Relevant covers every day on RelevantMagazine.com and on the podcast. And so uh, we're trying a new segment where he will be bringing some of the buzziest hot list items to the show. Welcome, Tyler. Hey, everybody. It's good hey, to be Tyler. back. Tyler, yeah. welcome. Oh my God. The, Zoom, the Zoom situation. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got this week? Um, all right. So I got two stories. And the first one, I, I, I don't know. And I know how this is going to play, I think, for one person in here. I know how I think I have an idea of how Jesse will feel about this. But the rest of you, I just don't know. If I say if I say uh, that that Monday was May the 4th, does everyone kind of know what that's a reference to? Yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, it's yeah. a Star Wars it, it, thing. It, it, it's a reference to for me to know which people I probably don't want to talk to that day. Yeah, that like, uh, that people are dropping the May the 4th reference. I'm just going to steer clear till till. <laughs> Until Cinco de Mayo, because I don't want to do the Star Wars thing. I Dude, listen, really, really don't. My son goes to a Christian school, and one of his teachers is kind of nerdy and super into Star Wars. And so he did a Zoom watch party with the kids Aww. to watch a Star Wars movie. And so I had to watch a Star Wars movie. They watched the first one, whatever, I episode think that's four. fun. And then they did like a party like talked about it afterwards and stuff via zoom so mm. i got i got sucked in it's, jesse yeah. well, i think well. people assume i'm a bigger star wars fan than i actually am <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 get, I get why you would think that i'm like on the scale of star wars fans i feel like i'm pretty medium because there are some people yeah. you know so time out there's no, know, star, there's no star wars person. there's no star wars fans on here like jesse knows you're not a star wars man no 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 are I you like it are you yeah, bro, I rock with the with the wars, Brody. I'm messing with Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, I've right. seen them, and right. I like the Star Wars land at Disney. But I, I mean, that's it. Then <laughs> like, maybe this is then maybe this is a slice for maybe this is right down Derek's beat. Then we'll see how you feel about this. So right. it is official. Uh, Taika Waititi is headed to a galaxy far, far away. He is going to co-write and direct a brand new Star Wars movie for Disney. He's going to be the first person of color to direct the Star Wars movie, and he'll be writing a script with uh, Christy Wilson Cairns. Uh, she was nominated for an Oscar for her work on 1917. Taika Waititi, uh, I think, is 
some comedy that probably most people are familiar with. He got his start with offbeat comedies like What We Do in the Shadows. And then he moved to the big leagues. He did Thor Ragnarok and got nominated for multiple Oscars for writing, directing, and appearing in Jojo Rabbit. Uh, he got to road test his Star Wars chops. He directed the season one finale of The Mandalorian. And then there were some rumors that he was going to get something like this. And now on May the 4th, those were confirmed that he is working on his own uh, Star Wars movie that apparently is going to be completely independent of anything that's happened in the Star Wars universe before. It'll just take so, place in so the is galaxy. It a, is it a new canon starting yeah. or is it a standalone like Rogue One? It'll be like a sta- it'll be a standalone, but it won't have any connection to the previous movies. It's just going to basically take place within that same universe, but won't be, it won't involve any Skywalkers or Darth Vader or anything like that. Interesting. I I like, I I really like him as a filmmaker. I think uh, Jojo Rabbit and, and Thor Ragnarok were brilliant. Uh, I can't speak to the Mandalorian because I've opened the Disney plus app a couple times. And every time (laughs) I'm like, there is nothing for me here except for America's funny sound videos, which they (laughs) put a bunch of old ones on and guys old school Tom Bergeron still holds up. Hold up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, old AFV, AFV as they call it, and, and Bear Grylls reruns on the Nat Geo vertical. Those that's all that's for me on that app. Derek, did you watch The Mandalorian? I'm assuming you did. Dude, it's it, amazing. I, it really was amazing. It was like a 10-hour movie. It was unbelievable. It's, yeah. re- it's really good. And you don't have to be a Star Wars fan to like it. Like so much is going on in that that's not even yeah. really canon. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, it's good. I think I think you'd like it. If you like if you like Thor Ragnarok and, and stuff like Marvel, you definitely. Sh- I don't know. I think people love to hate on Star Wars. Like they just love to hate on it. But those are pretty good movies, man. Don't don't, don't hate on the Star Wars, man. You got me feeling away. The most shocking thing to me about Mandalorian, and it, it's just like it's a show, and it, every every shot. I mean, just the money that it costs. It's just so beautifully done, and they created a world that. I mean, it's just unbelievable. The most shocking thing to me is that it was John Favreau, the the guy from Swingers and Elf, yeah. like well, did well, this. Also, Iron Man, like yes. he, I mean, he's arguably one of the most powerful people in Hollywood right now because he has this golden touch with all these Disney properties. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it, it, he's had a crazy career arc. But I will say this: you describing the Mandalorian as it's like a, a, a Star Wars movie quality that's ten hours. The only thing worse than a Star Wars movie is a 10-hour Star Wars movie, so no thanks. <laughs> Hard pass. Hard you pass. Would love it. It's Made, good, the right call. Made the right call back by not, not turning in. But I, I think that Taika could bring... He does a good job of weaving in some interesting social commentary. Obviously, colonialism is a really important part of his work, something that he's focused on in, in Ragnarok, uh, also Jojo Rabbit, and obviously in a lot of his earlier work. And there's opportunity for that with a franchise like Star Wars, so we'll see, we'll see how much Disney lets him get get away with but hopefully they learned their lesson with the marvel movies and will give them a pretty wide berth to create something really new and really interesting because there's a yeah. whole universe there you could do something cool with it yeah um the second story we're doing kind of a u-turn here um uh, I, i'll be interested to see how you all you, you may have seen this this came out uh just yesterday so in Ohio, there's a representative named uh, Representative Nino Vitale, and he is bucking the state governor's pleas for Ohioans to stem the spread of COVID-19 by wearing a face mask. He explains on Facebook that our faces are made in the image of God and are not <laughs> meant to be covered. This is awful. He wrote, he wrote awful. on Facebook. Here's, here's all, I'll read his exact awful. words. 
He said, quote, we are not the entire world. This is the greatest nation on earth founded on Judeo-Christian principles. One of those principles is that we are all created in the image and likeness of God. That image is seen the most by our face. I will not wear a mask. Logic sounds That's embarrassing. (laughs) Adds up to me. (laughs) Sometimes it's like, why do Christians have to talk? You know, like just, just, come on. Uh, He went on to say, uh, when we think of image, do we think of a chest or our legs or our arms? Oh my gosh. Do you? No. We think of I mean, listen guys, the logic here is... Pretty flawless. <laughs> I think he's. Yeah, I think that's an Augustonian argument that he's heralding to there. I believe is that in is that in city of that in Confessions of Saint Augustine. I, I, I say this whenever I picture uh, when I, whenever I picture God, he's just a huge face. It's just you know. <laughs> by this logic, like God an emoji is just, head, it's just, just a, a big giant emoji face. Head. Yeah, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Oh my gosh! Did you see? Uh, his did ways you see are not ours. On uh, on on, I just kind of making the viral. Rounds. Uh, there's a guy who was working at a convenience store and he filmed real quick and he said, you guys got to see this lady's mask. And he filmed her and she comes up and she had a, you know, blue surgical mask on and she had cut out the part where the mouth was. <laughs> and he, and he goes, and he goes, and ma'am, uh, that's interesting mask. Where'd you get that? She goes, Oh, you know, you know, the mask, they, they, I'm doing the mask because they told us that we need to, but you know, it's hard to breathe. I found it's a lot easier to breathe if you just cut it <laughs> open mm-hmm. like this. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. You know, as he walks off. Oh and I'm like, where's her brain? Like, what it, is she thinking? It's like that photo that was going around of Ben Affleck smoking a cigarette through a mask. It's like, all right, well, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, it is a filtered, it does appear to be a filtered cigarette. So, <laughs> in oh fairness to that. Are you, okay, I got to ask though, are you guys doing the mask when you go out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, a- absolutely so. Yes, sir, bro. Low key, if we didn't have the pandemic, I probably would be wearing a mask anyway, bro. Like, just being honest, man. People are gross. I spent so much time at airports, man. If, if I told you how many times I've seen a man come out of the stall without washing his hands and just walk right, yeah. pick his bag up, like, bro. I might wear a mask for the rest of my life. Just being <laughs> well, we have to wear a mask on airlines now. I got the email. So, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm and Costco tempted to fly. Yeah. And Costco, you have to. I, I Costco a, uh, is requiring that all customers you won't be allowed in the, into a Costco if you don't have a mask. On. I had. A, I went to Whole Foods the other day and I couldn't get in without one. Yeah, I, I had a mask incident yesterday. Uh-oh. I was. I went to run an errand, and I was back in my car, and it was in a, in a parking lot of a grocery store. And I'm like preparing to pull out, and I see this person, and he's got the mask on, and it's a very large mask, and all I can see is his eyes, and he's pointing at me, and and trying to wave me down, and pointing, and he's kind of like charging at the car. I have no idea what's <laughs> happening at this point. I all I know is like, like, is there? Am I about to hit something? I like slam the brakes. I'm like looking around, like he's trying urgently to get my attention. He walks over the car, and he pulls his mask sound and it's a dude that i know that i haven't seen in, in a while and it, it, it terrified me though i just saw this masked guy just pointing just just like that's not how you greet somebody you haven't seen in a while you don't point and be like hey look who it is especially if there's masks coming on you just kind of politely wave lower the mat there needs to be mask etiquette is what i'm saying well no we one are knows all the, learning how to do this i know that's the only know. problem with the mask as a black guy i'm kind of yeah. like oh my gosh yeah. like like I don't know. Like then I remember seeing one politician, like he pulls out this red rag 
and he puts it over his face. He's like, this is how you, if you don't have a mask, use this red rag. And I'm like, oh, that's not going to work in <laughs> in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there was a there was a, la- a little old lady in a grocery store wearing a blue bandana oh, over yeah. her mouth. And the guy had, a black guy had a blue bandana and comes on. He's like, what's up, crew? Yeah, and she's yeah. like, what? <laughs> she like waved nicely, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> what what I if I don't... Oh, I think ahead, it's Jimmy. really weird. Like I feel whenever I go in places and I have a mask on, like when I was in Whole Foods the other day shopping and everyone had a mask on, I feel like I'm in some kind of like sci-fi movie and the whole world is about to end. And I I hate the way it makes me feel walking around in a mask. And I did it because they made me do it. And I think that we should. Does it, make, it makes me feel like scared a little bit. Like what's happening? Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something out there right now. And I think we need to introduce a little more whimsy into all of this because yeah. it is weird seeing people in like the surgical mask, you know, or bandanas, you know, because I think of bandanas. I think of, you know, also like cowboys and stuff, you know, here's what I'm saying. You know what people love? Halloween. I think we reopen all the Halloween stores essential for business. And you just go and pick a hilarious mask that covers your whole face. Because you know what's a real bummer is last night I went to I went when I was out running that errand. Everyone was standing outside the like a Mexican restaurant with mask on waiting for their meals. They're just standing around surgical masks. Very weird. You know, it'd be hilarious if everyone was wearing like old president's mask or like Jim Carrey from the mask or just just random Halloween mask. People love Halloween. They're giant. They cover your whole face and everything everywhere you go is just a big Halloween party. I don't know. I, guys, purge. it's just time to start getting creative here because I, I, everyone's I saw, going nuts. I saw Disney's releasing a whole line of, of reusable face masks with like Marvel characters' mouths on it and stuff like that. It's going to be an industry, man. It totally like, is. I mean, I bought me a, face a tie-dye coverings. mask trying to look cute at the Whole Foods, but I just don't like it. I, <laughs> time, time to get into the relevant store. I want. <laughs> I just want. I want to wear like a football we'll helmet with like cut out all the, the mouths. Yeah, yeah, a football helmet with like the the Damian Tomlinson visor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, I just look really cool. I'm just bobbing and weaving through places. You know, I I think it's just time to get a little creative. So we're going okay. for full head coverings, not just mouth coverings. Why not? Uh, Why all not? Right. Why not? All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Tyler. That'll do it for this week's. It's the hottest, the hottest. All right, we'll see you next week, man. Bye, Tyler. Great to see you. Stay tuned. Up next, Jen Hatmaker joins us. Listening to I Know Alone by Heim. Song about my social life. Um, <laughs> uh, this week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? I mean, I know personally, I've gone through a lot of seasons of life where stress and busyness weighed me down. And I guess a lot of people know about that. Uh, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Uh, You connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient, especially for the season we're in. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, and then you can send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. 
Um, I want you to start living a happier life today. As a relevant podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash relevant. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash relevant. Jen Hatmaker is a speaker and New York Times bestselling author uh, whose highly anticipated new book, Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire, The Guide to Being Glorious You, released a couple of weeks ago. In the book, Jen urges readers to give up the exhausting act of pre- uh, pretending and to do the often difficult and painful work to find their true selves. Our very own Tyler Huckabee talked to Jen about the struggles of being an extrovert in quarantine and why she doesn't believe that anyone is truly self-made. Here's part of Tyler's conversation with Jen Hatmaker. And the first thing I want to ask is, this is something that's been on my mind, something we've been hearing about. I just wonder if you have any thoughts for people who are extroverted, uh, who are being cooped up inside and are getting a little sick of it. And uh, I, I feel like that would be something that maybe you could sort of relate to a little bit. And I just wondered what you would say to encourage people who really thrive off of being out in public and can't really do that right now. What would you tell them? Here's the here's what I want to say to that. You're not alone and you're not you're not crazy. And um we are actually really powerful creators. Um, I wonder if we could imagine that we are not just at the end of that string and it's just tugging us along whichever way the loneliness is going to go, right? But rather, we have the capacity to create connection right now. We really do. Now, it's not in our ordinary formats. It's not the ways that maybe we prefer um, or what really serves us well, but we can create connection. And so I hope that everybody imagines like, I am a creator in this. I can create this. So whatever it has to take, if it is old fashioned letter writing, obviously every one of us is on Zooms right now. It just feels like I'll never, ever, uh, never, ever get on another Zoom for the rest of my life. (laughs) Um, Any way we can socially distance, see each other, um, anything at all is, it counts. It all matters. Okay, so something you write about in this book that I have been thinking about a lot and I'm really glad to see you address is this idea of being self-made, uh, in particular for your book, being a self-made woman. I think that that is a really big American myth. That's a very popular American myth. And I think it's, I'm really glad to see someone taking issue with the idea of being self-made. I wonder if you could explain just some of your, uh, what, what, what's your critique of the idea of being self-made? I don't like self-made and I don't even know what that means. And I think when we are seeing these tropes in our culture, it's almost entirely not true. But what I don't like about it is that it injects this pressure into the community, which is like, if you're not successful, whatever that means, also a moving target. Um, If you're not self-made, you're just doing this wrong, right? You're failing. It's so yucky. I hate this fake bar. Um, that we've set. And so I am a huge fan of tearing that one down brick by brick. I love collaboration. I love mentorship. I am obsessed with sharing our platforms and our microphones and our ideas. I love it when people inside a um, career community, inside an industry um, say, let's get together and talk brass tacks. Let's talk about what, what should we all be making? 
Um, what should we all be expecting? What are the standards that we hold this industry to? I just love that stuff. I just believe very deeply that in those ca- that a rising tide lifts all the boats in the harbor. And so I really encourage people to consider never saying self-made again, or never saying, I am, I'm going to have to do this on my own. It's just not true. Like inviting people into my work and ministry and mission is probably the single greatest decision I have ever made. So for people who are resonating with this, who uh, who are liking what they hear, but maybe just don't know how to take that first step of breaking out of this idea of self-sufficiency, which can become an addiction, an addiction to self-sufficiency. How do, do you have any just really practical tips for somebody who wants to become more collaborative, who wants to start asking for help, but doesn't know how? Do you have any advice for those of us who need to take that step, but don't know what the step might actually look like practically? The truth is what the research shows is that even though our brains tell us nobody wants to help me, nobody has time to help me, um, nobody wants to help me, uh, this is, I'm, I'm asking too much, I'm overreaching. Our, that's our internal narrative that we are on a loop, but the, the research tells us that people actually love to help. It is good for them too. Like, again, here we go. This is how God made us. He literally made us with intrinsic biological rewards to help one another. Like it serves us both. And so it's just, I love that stuff. I love when like theology and biology and neuroscience all just dovetails. I cannot get enough of it. And so we're wired to help one another. Um, And so let's not be afraid to ask. Let's be humble. Let's be learners. Um, And then it creates this incredible like reciprocal community of helping, which we all take turns. Sometimes you give, sometimes you take. It's just a really beautiful way to live. And it's possible. It's absolutely possible for everybody. That was Jen Hatmaker. Make sure to check out her new book, Fierce Free and Full of Fire, The Guide to Being Glorious You. It's out now. Had a good day today. Oh, give thanks to the Father. He just said denied Had a good day today. Do it again, manana. Do it again tomorrow. With my ombre Carlos. Tour bus to Chicago. Find Americanos. Look it up on Yelp, fool. Call the Uber, not the pool. He say me amigo. I say you my brother too. Different lands, but this is my man. Ain't no way. You're listening to Good Day by DJ Promote and Swoop. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, so a lot of people already could probably predict I'm going to bring this story because it's really, it is, it is the the bullseye of of my primary interest in all of life. I feel like 10 years of podcasting and writing and covering the intersection of humor and culture has culminated in what happened this week. Yeah. So I, Derek and Jamie, I think, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but there's been a couple times in my past here at Relevant where I have taken, I have undertaken psychological endurance challenges to raise money for charity like I, and they started for this reason people you know like there's all these things that people's like hey i'm gonna climb mount kilimanjaro but you should give <laughs> um give me a hundred bucks for charity water or whatever you know or run a marathon that's great that's great i'm i 
I, let me just give the money right to the organization because I, you know what? Lots of people run marathons. Lots of people <laughs> climb Mount Kilimanjaro. That's great if you want to do it. I'm just going to go ahead and send my money to the charity. I don't understand the, I don't understand why the marathon's got to be a part of this. Let's just cut out the middleman. Just cut out the marathon and just say, hey, everyone, I think we should give money to charity water. Cool. Right. Also, I'm running a marathon. Good for you. So I said, <laughs> if I'm going to ever do that, then I'm going to do something that no one's ever done before. So a few years ago, uh, this is just review for for, for a lot of podcast listeners, but I listened to the, I listened to Nickelback for 148 hours, one week straight, no breaks, <laughs> even in my and it, it literally almost killed me. It, it um, became international news. He was doing, uh, I, I mean, Australia, uh, England, uh, Entertainment uh, Tonight for some hu- reason. Huge, huge news outlets in were interviewing him, and during the interviews, Nickelback still playing because he had to like <laughs> yeah. it was he had yeah. to, his wife kicked him out of the bedroom because Nickelback was it, playing it all was night long. Terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Chad Kroger, the lead singer of Nickelback, let me just say this. Nickelback doesn't have the sense of humor you think they would. Uh, <laughs> it's a big callous wound. It, 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 it's like, I, I can't think of one other public figure who is so thin-skinned that all they can do is get on Twitter and yell at people for minor transgressions and boast up their own achievements. I can't think of one other example in modern culture of someone who that's what we primarily know them for. I'll just yeah. leave it at that. So, yeah. I, so I did the Nickelback thing, and then we had to come up with another challenge because we wanted to raise more money, and uh, Cameron joined me in a challenge we called Trapped in the Cage. And we, Cameron and I, spent 24 hours watching the worst Nicolas Cage movies he's ever he's ever created. Crowdsourced the lineup. People went online and voted and like the ones that got the most votes and donations we we watched. And of course it wasn't the tolerable ones. It was yeah. it was the, 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 the real the, B cuts. It was a yeah. lot of the late stage straight to DVD stuff. <laughs> which, uh, uh, unrated editions. Uh, I'll yeah. just leave it at that. Um, so so when I saw this but I do love Nicolas Cage because I think he's just a fascinating human. On and off the screen. On the screen, you literally never know what you're going to get. He can be manic. He can be funny. He can just be a weirdo. But in real life, he has like castles in Transylvania. He buys dinosaur skeletons. You know, he he is uh, uh, he's a Coppola. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but he's he was sort of like the black sheep of the Coppola family. And he changed his name to Nick Cage. So he's just a fascinating guy. I also, like everyone else, watch Tiger King. Uh, Jamie, Derek, you guys have watched Tiger King, right? <laughs> yes. yes. And I listen to the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Joe Wait. Exotic, the podcast. I'm in, right? yeah. yeah. There's a yeah. pod. I didn't know about this podcast. Yes. Who, yeah. who, what's the podcast? Is it's it the same? It's called Joe Exotic. And I actually was listening to one this morning on my walk. And uh, I don't remember who did it. But it's like I, he on it? Or is no, it no, people no, no, talking no. about the series? No, someone's doing it. It's called um, Joe Exotic by Wondery Put It Out. Yeah. And, wow. and so so th- his story kind of came to light because of a of a newspaper in Texas a while ago did a story about the most insane true crime. It was a series of articles that got adapted to the podcast and got adapted to the Netflix series. That's now massive, you know. Um, and so like anything these days, when something gets big, they find ways to further exploit it. And, and it was announced almost immediately that someone had bought the bought in the rights to do a scripted version of Tiger King, which will be in the form of 
of a prestige TV miniseries that, you know, we've seen a lot of these. And uh, they there was a lot of debate about who should play Joe Exotic. So, it, it, like, online, a lot of the odds were saying, like, th- th- this is who I saw being passed around for a while. One was David Spade because oh, Joe for Dirt. Sure. Oh, sure. Joe Dirt yeah. is essentially Joe Exotic without Similar tigers. age, <laughs> similar build, can definitely do the redneck thing. And, and, yeah, if, I mean. If, if, if tigers were some reason a plot of the film Joe Dirt, it would just simply be Tiger King at that <laughs> yeah. point. Um, <laughs> the other one I saw was Dax Shepard. Um, oh. Dax would do good. Oh, he'd kill it. Yeah. I yeah. can see it. it they I like they Dax. actually bear a resemblance. My personal favorite, uh, up until they, they made the announcement this week, I was really, I was in the Danny McBride lane because oh. I think Danny McBride plays weird dirtbags really, really well. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's pretty much all he plays is weirdo dirtbags. Um, oh, that would have been funny. But they announced this week that Nicolas Cage had accepted the role of Joe Exotic <laughs> in the Tiger King miniseries. <sighs> Unbelievable. Uh, now, this brings a lot of questions to mind of particularly what the tone of this series is going to be right, because right. they've only made other one other uh, casting announcement and it's Kate McKenna uh, from SNL. She will be playing Carol Baskins. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you have Nicholas Cage and Kate McKenna are, are, are Joe and Carol, you know, these two opposite forces that, you know, come colliding against each other. Um, I don't know what the tone of this is. I don't know that it's necessary. I, I think it's completely unnecessary. Like we already like it's going to be impossible for them to make anything more insane than the actual Tiger King documentary. Right. But I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think I think the only mistake they made is if if I'm the filmmakers and like, listen, Nick Cage is in, I would scrap what we have and go, he's playing every part, including the tigers. <laughs> including the tigers. We're gonna put him in one of those wetsuits with the golf ball with the ping pong balls all over uh, it, like Andy Circus doing Gollum or whatever. And he's gonna play the Tigers too. The, the only thing that it needs to be Nicolas Cage played every character in Tiger King. The th- the thing that the thing that scares me is like are they trying to be serious are they trying to make it a comedy like there's so many ways this could be so bad you know like i don't know that this is like you said it's not necessary but i don't even know that it's going to be watchable you know anyway yeah and i'm like wondering the same thing jesse like what else are we doing here like what else are we how are you going to top what we've just had endured yeah. through watching tiger king exactly like, it can't be more crazy than the actual one you know Although I will say this podcast has been has been really good that I've been listening to about it because they're kind of giving a little behind the scenes about maybe the the um, the the things that the filmmakers did in this documentary to kind of, you know, a documentary is cited. It always is like it's always slanted in one side. And so they're kind of giving a lot of behind the scenes. And I'm thinking differently about the whole thing after listening to the podcast. So maybe the yeah, I, did, just gonna... I did see some comments that maybe this show will get the story more right than the documentary did, whatever yeah. that means. Uh-huh. So, but still, I'm just going, Nick Cage, he said, what's he going to add to this? Like, you're right about, I mean, every one of those three actors you said before Nick would have, would have taken the role somewhere very funny or memorable. Nick Nick's is going to go dark. Nick he's Cage dark. is just always Nick Cage. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, he's not, I don't know. What about know, Rebel? What it. about Rebel Wilson as Carol? Uh, Carol Bass. I could see that. I could totally good. see that. Yeah, I could totally a, that's see that. That's a great call. That is a fantastic. I think, call. I think yeah. Danny McBride was actually the better choice. Just being yeah. honest, I think Danny, Danny McBride, McBride would, would have killed it because he's isn't he country? Like isn't he from the south? Like 
Yeah. 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 He's from, I think he's from South Carolina. So he's not doing a caricature of a Southerner. No, or he's, something. Yeah. this that is would how, be him. It, it wouldn't be surprised me if Danny McBride grew up in close proximity to an exotic animal park, <laughs> like, <laughs> like an unlicensed off the book, you know, kind of situation. It would not be surprising to me. <laughs> okay, you know what Tiger King has done to the society, though? My son watched it. He's 16. He had his wisdom teeth pulled out on Monday. I'm, you know, have you ever been around someone after they had their wisdom teeth out? I mean, it's yes. just, he's giggly. He's David loopy. after dentist, yeah. He started growling at me in the car, my son. And he said, because he was on this kind of like, you know, the, the, the loopy medicine. And he said, I want to be a tiger. <laughs> he kept telling me over and over again he wanted to be a tiger. And I was like, this is the best footage I've ever gotten of you. Did, is- did you did you film him? Oh, yes, I filmed him. Yes. <laughs> He's seen it all and it's hilarious. And as soon as he gives me permission to release it to the public, good, I will let good, everyone else good. see. But yes, it was good. hilarious. You know, you know, remember David after dentist, one of the first yes. viral yeah. wounds. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, okay. Little, this is crazy small world. I know this fact. It David after happy. dentist, David's name is David DeVore. On Relevant's new executive board, our chair is Tessie DeVore, his mother. No, are you serious? Looky there. Yeah. Tessie DeVore is Dave, David after dentist's mom. Yep, she's on our Relevant's executive board. Yep. Small world. Crazy, huh? One of the OG viral stars <laughs> of our time. And you know yeah. what her what her husband does now? Uh, at the time of the video, he was in real estate. He is now a social media consultant for organizations and stuff. Oh, because- <laughs> that's what's up. That makes sense. Into a career. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, what do you have, Jamie? Okay, I have this. I think that Jesse will like this because last week we I talked about it. UFOs. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I texted Jesse later in the week and I was like, you need to tell me the story because I'm going back to my house and telling my husband and my oldest son and they're like, yeah, mom. My, literally, my son was like, I've been known about this for years. I'm like, okay, yeah. great. He knows everything. So this <laughs> is uh, crazy. But right now, an article came out this week that NASA, like the legit NASA, is working with Tom Cruise to shoot a film in outer space. <laughs> an, an actual film? An yes. actual film, Tom Cruise, which I don't know Tom Cruise personally. I don't know if any of you guys do. And so, you know, I don't like to talk about people behind their back, but it yeah. seems to me as though Tom Cruise, like if he says he wants to shoot a film in outer space, everyone goes, okay, you can shoot a film in outer space. The, so Tom Cruise famously does all of his own stunts. So yep. is he going to be like a spaceman, like doing real spaceman stuff? He's going to go into outer space, which... Wow. Apparently, it says a few films have been shot on board the space station, the space station, like a documentary that IMAX did, yeah. um, a science fiction thing. But Tom is going to go and do his own thing up there and shoot a movie. <laughs> I, I think okay. It, I want and I want to know your guys. Cameron knows my thoughts about space, and <laughs> and here it is. I'm going to lay it out flat out. And space what, is lame. It is so the, lame. It's one of the only things that we disagree about. Like, like that is like if I, I want a trip to more. space. If I want a trip to space, right? I'd be like, nah. I know that sounds. That honestly sounds terrible to me. But you're one, so intrigued with the UFOs. Yeah, but what am I? You know, I got a telescope. And I can do it from the comfort of my own home. I do it from the comfort of my home, not cooped up in some little, you know, compartment wearing some lame jumpsuit. Okay. This, 
A couple of years ago, uh, Nat Geo was uh, promoting their new uh, season for the series Mars that they were doing. And as part of that, Jesse and I got sent to space camp in in Alabama, like the actual space camp. Yeah, right. And, I know where that is. Yeah. Yeah. And so we did it. And I'm I'm fulfilling all of my childhood dreams. I am I am ecstatic about this. We have the blue jumpsuits. I mean, like everything. It's legit. Let's just say and, me and the person running this little tour. Didn't see eye to eye on the couple things, and it really spoiled the trip for me. <laughs> Jesse just like I don't care. I'm like, what are you talking about? Look, no, I cared too much. Was the problem? I volunteered day one to be commander. Okay, <laughs> I I announced to the people there that I will lead us. And just because some people didn't appreciate my leadership style, which is not risk averse, okay? We're in space here, people. There are risk everywhere. You go for the glory, okay? I landed a space shuttle in a simulator with the cargo bay doors open, okay? Listen, no one's done listen, that before. This is, okay? this is the truth. We had this huge mission, and we all were doing different roles, and Jesse immediately volunteers to be the commander. And there are people there who legitimately, like, we're wanting to do this. And Jesse just was like, I will lead us, you know, before anybody could say anything. And he couldn't care leaders, less. That's what leaders do. They command <laughs> they take leadership. They take power. And they hold so, it. So we're, we're in the thing and Jesse's having to, like, after this mission, we have all this stuff that we're all doing and stuff and we're landing and Jesse's supposed to do this, like, checklist of things and he just Boring. started winging it and, like, and was cracking jokes over the PA and stuff and he was really ticking off all the instructors and stuff. And anyway, the simulator lands with the space shuttle cargo doors open and it ricochets. He bounced it and we go into the trees and then we're like all fine and everybody's clapping and stuff. But like first uh, time ever, first time ever someone landed at that boy's cargo doors open. So now we know it's possible. And now we know maybe they should clear some trees around the runway because FYI, the shuttle's coming down from freaking outer space. Okay. Give, give me more than 300 yards to land it. All right. I mean, this should, I shouldn't be the one telling them this. They should figure that out by now. I'm coming from space, dude. Anyway, I think if Tom Cruise wants to go shoot a movie in space, it seems so pointless to me. Like it seems so pointless because we could make this movie without exactly. going to outer space. That's, right. that's exactly. what seems so pointless. It's going to cost so much money, and again, right. it's not our money. It's whoever you know is putting on the movie. But it just feels overboard and maybe in 10 years we'll be like remember that time we thought it was dumb to shoot movies in outer space and now they're shooting you know five a year i don't know it's it's like i want to shoot a movie in the old west and so tom cruise has devised a way to build a time machine and go back and shoot it's like we can just shoot it on a studio lot okay no one's gonna know we don't need to send a camera. We don't. It's it's so. It seems so dumb. To we me. saw gravity. I mean, we yeah. saw. We it looked, saw. It look a lot like space to me. George Clooney know? and Sandra Bullock floating out in space. We, yeah, we, exactly. we don't need another one. Yeah. All right. Okay. What do you have, Derek? Well, my guy Elon Musk. First off, I have to say I'm a huge fan of Elon Musk. Yeah. Like I mean, he created a freaking flamethrower. So there's that. You know, you got <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> I mean, you got PayPal. I mean, my guy is is great. Well, you know him and his uh, and his, and this girl, his lady, uh, Grimes, who is an amazing uh, amazing artist. They have a new a new baby boy, and the baby boy is uh, named X A E A twelve. So I'm mean, I don't I don't know. I, that just just doesn't have a good ring to it. Like if you're this teacher. And it's like, how do you say it? <laughs> I, I don't know how you say that. It's like, 
<laughs> all right, you call and roll, and it's like, all right, George here, uh, you know, Jan here, XAE12. Like, I don't know how that works. Uh, and it, I, I, and the and the AE is that thing where it's like the the letters touch. It's like yeah. a, a symbol, yeah. like a math symbol. It looks so like American like, Eagle. Yeah, it's, it has like a sound to it. But I, you're right. Like, how do you say it? Do they just call the baby X? I mean, like, but what's with the A dash twelve at the end? Like, so she breaks yeah. the she breaks the name down and she says that the A stands or the X is unknown variable. Okay, and then the AE is uh, Elvin. Like okay. Elven language for love and artificial intelligence. And wait, okay. what language? Uh, uh, the, the the language of fictional elves. Elf, like an elf, <laughs> like a, like legalists, or you know. Yeah. Then yeah. you have uh, the A is for the CIA's uh, Lockheed reconnaissance plane that has no weapons, no defenses. It's just really fast. And then the twelve <laughs> is the sign for the Chinese zodiac. Uh, for the rat. So, year of the metal twenty twenty is the year of the metal rat. So, this kid' name is my Google password. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds it's like got a every, it's a fantastic password. No got one a would ever symbol, break it. Number. Yeah. Can you imagine me in the the delivery doctor at the hospital? <laughs> They're like, okay, you got to write down some information for the birth certificate. And, and Elon, weirdo Elon Musk. Which look, man, the guy's a billionaire. But let's just call it what it is. The dude is weird. He acts <laughs> like an alien impersonating a human. I don't know if you guys have seen <laughs> Elon Musk interviewed, but there's something not right there. But you just imagine him writing it down, handing it to the doctor. That's like, okay. Okay, man, come on. Let's let's get the real name. Like that, you know. I, I don't even, I don't have a printer that can print that. Symbol. How do you even type that on your it, computer? Yeah, exactly. And Elon Musk is like, that is the baby's name. <laughs> you know, he talks this weird like cadence and accents. Like, what what's happening right now? What is happening right now? But, you know, though, this isn't out of the norm because this is just it's an it's a trend. It started back with Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow, Gwyneth Paltrow. ten years ago, naming their baby Apple. And everybody freaked out. That's not a name. It's an object. It's like, that's so weird. And then lo and behold, all the celebrity names continued that path of like weird baby yeah, names. And then, it became more, and then it became more mainstream. I'm saying it's the trajectory. Like, it's almost like tolerance of like, you know, like the sugar tolerance or caffeine tolerance. The more you have, the more you need to feel it. So now the names have to get weirder and weirder to stand out. And next, now you can't even pronounce them. So... It's the I mean, path we're on. I, I pr- appreciate his innovation, but I feel bad for that poor kid. What are they going to call him? I do feel bad what for they, that what, kid. What are they going to actually call him as a it's, name? It's got to be X. It's got to be X. It's got to be X. Yeah. yeah. You can't call him by his real name. Come here, uh, R2-D2. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and two, poor kid. Poor kid when he finally comes of age and wants to go to like a 21 and up show and he's got to show that thing at the door. <laughs> like, that's, uh, oh, sure. You know, XE, you know, seven back of the line punk you know like yeah that's that's not working that's not working oh man all right well that'll do it for slices stay tuned up next kim walker smith joins us Listening to Heart Attack, it's Bronson featuring Laura. 
Kim Walker-Smith is a singer, songwriter, worship leader, and recording artist who is also a founding member of Jesus Culture. Uh, they just released a new album, Church Volume 1, and she's joining us to show us the new album, uh, talk a little how remote church has helped simplify her worship, and how the best songs can come from chaos. Here is Kim Walker-Smith. It's easy to rely on the production, you know, and I'm not against production. I'm not against like lights or, you know, some awesome, uh, I don't know what to call it, but the graphics with the lyrics and, you know, things like that. I'm not against all of that, Um, but it's easy to rely on that and to feel like we have an awesome church because it looks so awesome. Or as a worship leader, it's really easy to, have a smooth service where all the band played all the songs perfectly. No one messed up the keys. Um, everything went really good. The people engaged and you walk off and you feel like I am such a good worship leader. Worship was so awesome. Um, but that's not really what makes great worship. Is it? It's our relationship and connection to Jesus. And it's just easy without even thinking about it to just rely on the production. So when all of that is gone, you are literally left with, well, truly all we have is Jesus. We don't have anything fancy and that actually is enough. (laughs) And so I just think it's really good because it it feels like kind of pushing reset. And, and um, like you said, it's an equalizer, which is amazing, but it's also kind of, um, I think it's helping everyone reprioritize, not just within church, but in our own lives. time ago you know when we very first started so our first record came out i think it was like 2005 2006 somewhere right in there and at the time we were just a movement who made a record um that we weren't a record label we weren't trying to be a band we it was just here we are having these kind of youth gatherings and really awesome things are happening so we're gonna record what's happening and put it out there and it was mainly for the people who are coming to our events but it grew, God breathed life on it. And in that process, um, everyone started calling us the Jesus Culture Band. And it's it's not a bad thing, but it was always kind of this, almost like an identity crisis for us. Like we're, we never set out to be a band or wanted to be a band. And it kind of took on an identity and a form in itself. So we're it's almost like when we're out on the road or on tours or events, we were kind of trying to live up to that name and kind of be that, but it never really felt quite right. And we decided um, that we just, we want that to be done away with. Um, and at the time it was just, no, no one really knew what to call us because it, it was like there was Hillsong, there was us, but nowadays there's lots of churches creating albums. And at the time when we were doing that, it, it wasn't that common. Um, so anyways, with this record, we just kind of wanted to strip that away and kind of go back to, we are a church um, rec- creating a, an album of the songs that are for the church that are being sung at our church and ministering to the church. And, um, 
and really kind of also solidify that this is who we are, that, that we are the church, we are the body of Christ, and that this is what we love to do is to serve the body of Christ. And um, and that's also why we decide to call it church, <laughs> call, call it Alm Church, because it just kind of encompasses everything that we wanted to communicate and and kind of honestly trying to get back to a little bit, kind of kind of get back to um, our roots of who we are. You can have my attention. You can have my affection. Um, I remember one time I had a writing day scheduled um, with these two brothers who are incredible writers, Jackson brothers. And um, my, my kids, I had a nanny for the kids. And so she's, we're at my house, but she's got the kids out and about. And my husband was working away and he was late coming home from work. And we were working on this song that just felt it, to me, it felt like it was just not coming together and it was taking a long time. And, and whenever songs take like really long and are hard, I, I sometimes kind of go, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is, maybe we should throw in the towel on this one. And, um, they just kept like pushing, pushing. And, um, at the time, neither of them were married, neither of them had kids. So I kind of felt like maybe they weren't really getting the hint of what was happening right now. Like my kids, it's getting dinner time. My kids are melting down. Um, and then the nanny comes and she's like, Kim, I really got to go. It's time for me to leave. And I'm like, okay. And so she leaves. My husband's not home yet. So now I have my kids, it's dinner time. They are whining for dinner. One of them is literally running circles around the living room, screaming, just not, not mad screaming, like happy screaming, but just screaming. And they're sitting there like still trying to push and, you know, write this song. Like they just like are oblivious. And I'm like, Hey guys, I really got to make dinner. And I don't want to be like rude and be like, get out of my house, you know? And, um, and then they're like, Hey, let's, let's record what we have a quick demo, hold this microphone, sing into the microphone. And I'm like, are you serious? Like my kids are screaming. One of them is running circles around the room. I'm holding one who's just whining nonstop. Just whining. I'm hungry. I want dinner and won't, won't get away from me like on my lap. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. I'm like, this is insane. So I'm sitting there singing and you can actually hear the screaming and the whining in the background of the demo. And Fast forward, like a couple months later, I'm sitting in the studio with our producer and he's like, what about that song you did with the um, brothers? And I was like, we haven't got the demo back yet. And I said, but believe me, it's not going to be any good. I'm like, I don't remember what we wrote. I don't even think it was any good. Just as we're sitting there talking about this, they send um, the demo in and we listened to it and I was just floored and the song was love has a name which went on to be one of our biggest songs it became this song that tomlin wanted me to do on the big tour i did with him like it was just crazy to me like i couldn't believe that that song came out of that moment so you, you just never know wh where, where the songs can come out of
one thing that I struggled with, especially early on, and it kind of, I feel like now probably just um, my, I don't want to sound old, but my age and experience and how long I've been doing this, I feel like I've kind of worked through this. But for a long time, um, it was a process and it was just being very critical of myself and um, like listening back and criticizing and kind of going, oh, I could have done that better or that sounded weird or why do I sing like that? Or um, comparing myself to others and kind of going, well, I don't, have, my success doesn't look like their success or I don't sound like them or I don't look like them. Should I, should I be better? Should I, you know, like just that, which I think um, all, all young creatives struggle with, um, especially the comparison thing. I mean, I think that's really easy trap to fall into. And, um, you know, over the years I've learned to not go down that road and to push that out. I, it started for me with, um, once we release something, um, I don't really go back and, and listen to a lot of it or pay attention to a lot of it. I don't really watch the videos back. I never check charts. I never look at reviews. Um, I just don't do it because it's, um, it's just so easy to take it personal and get hurt. <laughs> and all it takes is one negative comment or one negative re review to just send you spiraling down, you know? And, um, so I just don't do it anymore. I just, I put it out there and I, I leave it for the world. And, um, and I, I, I decide, you know what, after the recording, I'm going to ask myself, did I do my best job and do my best work? And if I can say yes, then that's enough for me. And that is a success. Like the success already happened for me. The success is not the sales numbers or the rating on the charts or the reviews. The success is, um, that I gave my all and did my best. And I put it all out there. I put my whole heart out there. And, um, and I, I think that also, if I can keep my mind focused on ministry, that yes, I'm an artist and a creative and I love that side of it. But first and foremost, I, I'm a minister and I'm, I love ministering through my art to the church, to the body of Christ. And if I keep that my focus, it never gets old because I love ministry and I love people and I love the church. That was Kim Walker-Smith. Make sure to check out Jesus Culture's brand new album, Church Volume 1. It's out now. Listening to Are You Bored Yet? Hopefully the answer is no by Wallows featuring Clyro. So to close out the show, I here's my thought. Here's my thought, Jesse. Okay. Uh, we, we, are, we have new friends. We did a we meet do. the cast a couple of weeks ago, right? But I noticed listening to last week's episode that we were talking so much about other stuff that there's so much about Jamie and Derek and you, that we don't know each other at that next level yet. And I thought we need to keep peeling away the layers of the onion here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, also combine that with it's the pandemic, man. There's a lot of 
negative news out there. There's a lot of stress out there, a lot of fear out there. And I want to, let's focus on some positive things. Let's focus on some good things, right? Let's just end it with a nice little palate cleanse of of positivity. That's what my hope is here. And so uh, we're trying a new segment called Our Favorite Things. It's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) This is just where I'm going to ask the cast some of their favorite things. We're going to end on a happy note. And we'll also get to know each other a little better in the process. What do you think? I love it. Okay, here we go. Favorite show you've binged recently or or maybe not recently, but just one of your favorite all-time binge-worthy shows. Am I at first? Okay, so we binged two shows last year that I can remember that I loved. The first one was Waco. Have you guys seen it? Mm. I, I, I mean, I've seen it, it promoted, yeah. but yeah. I haven't thought, oh, I want to watch that. You need to watch it tonight. Mm. It is so good. Have you seen it, Derek? No, I haven't, but it's, I, it's that's kind of a, man, that's a crazy thing that happened. It's kind of scary to watch, right? Yeah. But no, she's it's big not in, scary. But, but it's here's interesting. The thing. Jamie, what you don't know about Jamie is she's big in the Colts. that's why she she insisted on talking about tom cruise today (laughs) i said if you can find him in the news and fire away there he was there he was uh no but do you know who plays uh david koresh who uh, nick nick cage (laughs) no the guy from friday night lights i can't think um y'all sunshine what is his name oh my gosh this is gonna drive me crazy He's the one that everyone liked. Anyhow, it doesn't matter. He's in Friday Night Lights. <laughs> everybody um, liked everybody in Friday Night Lights. I know. Coach Taylor's a favorite. But Waco is so good. You have to. And then there was this other one that we binged last year called The Act with Priscilla oh, Arquette. Have you okay. seen that one? I haven't. No. Oh my See? gosh, you guys. See, okay, so, people, get it. Listeners, get out your pins. This is yeah. top shelf recommendations so happening right now. So both of these shows that we watched are kind of like what they're doing with this whole Nick Cage thing. They're real things that happened and then they made a series about it. So see, mm. these the executives are onto something, but this is about this woman who drugged her daughter so much and made her sick, mm. but she was never really sick. Mm, that sounds like a you real see a theme of what I'm yeah, like. I think that sounds something good I'd like to watch before bed at it's night. So I just good, need sweet, sweet dreams. Uh, I think Derek, we should have to. Y'all should have to watch what I like, and I'll have to watch what you like. Oh, Derek, okay. do you have any choices that aren't uh, horrific and that result in either not the death of hundreds of people uh, by a uh, terrible fire or the poisoning of a child? Yes, yes, I do. I, uh, this one is an oldie but goodie. My wife started watching The Office again. We're starting at yeah, uh, episode yeah. one, and I forgot yeah. how brilliant of a show yeah. that show actually so is. It's, if you don't, if if you just just protect it and skip season seven and eight and catch up right at the end of nine, yeah, yeah. just just to stop at the end of six, and as soon as you get the a whiff of Robert California, just go ahead and skip because that's how I, I feel about Ga- that's how I feel about Game of Thrones as well. Game of Thrones is also one of my favorites. And uh, the last season of Game of Thrones was just the worst. It, J- Jamie's, Jamie's picks it. are so dark that when her <laughs> Netflix says, because you watched The Act and Waco, and it doesn't give suggestions, it says, because you watch these shows, we've called the police. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
they're a watch list. You are These now These are on real it. life events, you guys. I'm here for that. I, I have, I have, I, I can't say I recommend this, but I, <laughs> I live not too far from the actual Outer Banks in North Carolina. And I spent a tremendous amount of time uh, there growing up. And so I saw the show on Netflix called Outer Banks. And, uh, you know, so I was like, I was kind of curious because the filmmakers were actually from there. But the show, the geography is totally off. It wasn't even filmed in the Outer Banks. They don't use the real names of locations. And it, it's just it, it's totally fictional. It's basically like one of those shows like the OC that meets like a Hardy Boys novel. That's the best way I can describe <laughs> it. It's a very cheesy teen drama that is supposed to take place in a location that doesn't do justice to. Anyway, I'm getting I, I had to get I had some, a part of my deck broke. I had to have this guy come out and fix it. And he lives in the Outer Banks and he's this big, tough guy. And he does, you know, he he's just a big, tough guy. And I was out there chatting with him. We're socially distancing. We're chatting. And I was like, oh, hey, you know, hey, man, because like I said, the guy lives in the Outer Banks. And so I was like, hey, dude, as you know, there's a new show on Netflix, Outer Banks. My wife's been binging it. I've kind of been popping in and out on it. He, was, he goes, man, it wasn't even shot down there. They got all <laughs> the names wrong. He's like, my son's a police deputy down there and they're not called this and they're not called that. I was like, oh, so you checked it out. He goes, yeah, well, I wanted to see if it was accurate. He goes, now I did watch I, I did watch all 10 and I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. You are the biggest, toughest guy I've ever seen. And you're telling me that you went ahead and watched 10 hours of it just in case they were going to finally get accurate or you got sucked into the teen romance, didn't you? Didn't you? And, uh, uh, he walked off the job site at that point. But, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, favorite food when eating out. Favorite food when eating out. Derek, we'll start with you. Ah uh, man, I'm into some weird stuff, man. Because Nashville has some really good restaurants, but pretty much the more butter, the better. Mm. Um, so I'm like, I'm like, Nashville's thing is hot chicken. So hot chicken, man. Uh, I love biscuits. You can, you can. I'm not gonna go wrong with a good chicken biscuit, man. Straight up, like a chicken biscuit or like some sort of breakfast thing. It's either that or Asian food. Those are my two. Mm. Those are my two yeah. go to, like Southern cooking or Asian food. Mm. Jamie, I mean Austin. We have some food. It's so good. Tex-Mex is probably hands down what I'm always going to choose. Chips and salsa and a margarita. And I love my life right there. So that's what I'm always going to choose is some Mexican restaurant here in town. I love torchies, by the way. I just have we to say. We love torchies. Yeah, y'all have one in Nashville, don't you? No, we don't. Oh, you, ju- you just came here to Austin and had one? Uh, yeah, every t- I go to South by Southwest almost every year. So I, I go out of town when South by comes. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm getting out of town. <laughs> I leave. I ran, I, I ran it. I can vouch for that because I ran into Derek in a convention center lobby last year at South by. Remember? <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. If y'all, if, if I can I, hang out with y'all at South by, I wear, I will. Otherwise I'm going out of town. I literally, I didn't know you yet. And so when I saw you, I texted prop and I was like, I think Terry, I think I just saw Derek minor. Is he in Texas? And he's like, yeah, I mean, he's there for a show. And I, so that's when I went back and said, Hey to you. Cause I was, I had to confirm that it was you. Cause I'd only seen you like one time in real life. Other than that. Yeah, but, bro. Yeah. Can I give you guys a pro tip eating out? And I learned this. I learned this in fast food, but I found out it translates to all restaurants. When you say a favorite thing, you just pull up to the window or you tell the waitress, whatever. Same thing. I'll take the number one. And here's why. <laughs> you don't even look at what it is. Yeah. There's a reason it's the first thing on the menu. It's probably oh. the best thing. Okay, front load. Just give me a number one. I don't, they're like, we don't, we don't even have numbers. You'll figure it out. Just give me a number one. Just get one. the best thing. Just number one. Number one with lemonade. Got it. Bring it. I mean, I actually do that anytime I go to a new restaurant. I don't call it a number one, but I'll ask the waitress, what's the most popular thing or what do you recommend? And then I'll yeah. just give me that. Like, I don't want to have to decide. 
we do the same thing. We love to go to restaurants and say, just let the chef pick. Like, just bring out stuff all night yeah. that the chef yeah. thinks we should have. And that's my favorite type of eating experience. That's what I do every time I go to Arby's. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> bring them out. Bring them out. Bring them out. We all the meats. Yeah. All, all the meats. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, favorite book you've read this year? Favorite book? <laughs> If you can't plug your own, Jamie. I'm not going to plug my own, but you guys are going to think I'm a psycho is what you're going to think. Okay. Okay. So I read a lot for, for work. Like I will read people's books before they come on and that's work. Right. So we're not going to count that, but I just read a fiction book called the behind closed doors. Okay. And it's about a, a husband and wife who the day they get married, he turns into a psycho and she has to try to get away from him. And you have to figure out how she escapes this very like, Psycho man as her husband, and that's Jamie, what I just I'm, read. Jamie, I was so I'm very concerned. I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately concerned Jamie. about you and oh, your Jamie. entertainment choices. Hey, oh, my, so my Pentecostal parents raised me garbage in, garbage out. So <laughs> I don't know what's. I don't know what's. And I'm an Enneagram six, so you think these things would really, really scare me. But I think I just love to know how she got out of it. You know, in case I ever need to escape a psychopath, <laughs> I know how to do it now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Derek, you got one? Yeah, it's a book called uh, Dirty Little Secrets by an uh, author named Claude Anderson. It's pretty much about all of the hidden contributions of black people over the uh, over the time we've been here. So it was pretty cool. I learned a, learned a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that uh, there was a black man that founded San Francisco. So it's just like different oh, wow. things like that. Yeah, it's like stuff like that or, you know, the automatic drying machine or closed circuit television. Like a lot of those things were developed uh, by black people. I was like, wow, that's shocking. Yeah, yeah I read awesome. that. I read that about uh, closed circuit television, like security cameras and stuff like that. It was a, a black lady uh, invented that, right? Yeah, she was in Brooklyn and uh, people were trying to rob her house a lot. So she created closed circuit television. <laughs> that's I was incredible. like, that's wild. But necessity is, you know, the create, you know, invention or whatever, whatever that is. Yeah. I feel like George Bush. But. All right. Favorite movie, not top five, whatever. One favorite movie. And this is probably a repeat viewer. You know what I mean? Like I would say the way you decide what is my favorite movie is the one that you actually still watch mm. pretty regularly. You know, you like it, so Jamie, I'm trying to think of the one where that nice person poisons, murders, then burns her family. What is it? What is that called? What? I probably I think, think there's like pretty grisly, pretty grisly cannibalism <laughs> scene with the cult. Oh gosh, what is it. What oh is goodness! It? I always think like favorite movie is one like if you're in a hotel and you're like you know scanning through, you would stop yeah. and actually yeah. watch yeah. it. Yeah. Um. I mean, for me, a movie that I would stop and watch. This is a complete opposite of what I've been telling you. I like to watch, which would be something like Still Magnolias. Like I'm just thinking that like nostalgia, fun rom com movie movie that I have always loved. So it would have to be something like that that I would stop and actually rewatch it. There you go, Derek. I'm going The Dark Knight. I've never oh. even heard of that. Batman? The Dark Knight? Joker? Oh, I thought you said Glow in the Dark. No, no. <laughs> the Dark Knight. <laughs> Glow in the Dark Knight is a very different movie. I was like, I've never heard of the Glow so in the Dark Knight. It's about a big rave that happened once. <laughs> is, uh, okay, a Batman. Of, a lot of glow sticks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to Dark Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah. It does hold up very well. Yeah. Jesse, do you remember we were in Chicago for Lollapalooza 10 years ago? 
And were you with me this year? Okay. No, I was there the year after, though. I oh remember. no! I remember. Being, they, I remember the the. Str- I remember every time we walked down whatever the million dollar mile or whatever it is. They they shot obviously the, that trilogy in Chicago, right? And and converted to Gotham. Well, they were shooting during Lollapalooza, and they would shoot at night. And the hotel I was staying in was in the middle of the set, and so we would walk out in the morning, walk out the lobby doors, and it was like death and destruction, whatever happened in the movie, in the scene last night was all in the streets and stuff. It was crazy. Yeah. You're literally walking through all the Batman stuff to get over to Grant Park. It was, it was nuts. And then like seeing the movie later and like, Oh man, there is that, there's that, you know, the things that uh, we saw. It was really cool. Jesse. I, Step brothers. Dude, I do go back to Step Brothers all the time just because it's it's the it's a perfect comedy. And I also anytime there's a Christopher Guest movie on, it doesn't matter which one. It can go back to like Spinal Tap or Best in Show or yeah. Waiting for Guffin. I could literally watch any of those. I know it's probably cheating, but it, you know, to, in terms of the question, but literally any of those I can watch over and over and over again. Crazy. Mine's Waiting for Guffman. I can't believe you referenced that. There you go. All right. Well, that that's uh, the debut segment of our favorite things it's my favorite hey uh we want to know your favorite things if you want to jump in on any of those questions hit us up on twitter at relevant podcast or hit us up on facebook you can message us uh we are going to be watching and interacting well many thanks to jen hatmaker for joining us her new book fierce free and full of fire is out and now go check it out also thanks to kim walker smith um, the new jesus culture album church volume one is out now as well uh before we wrap guys do you have anything you want to plug jamie uh any other than the podcast the happy hour I'm still making podcasts over here that's it it's crushing it uh any uh books are you working on or anything I mean, I'm working on a book, but it's not worth talking about yeah, yet. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you got to time the marketing curve. You got to wait got, on I that. Got you got to wait on I that. I got it. I got it. All right, Derek, anything you want to plug? Send me coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, you all know Derek's uh, Google password now, so you can also uh, <laughs> hack his account and spam it. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. And I'm Jesse Carey. We will see you next Friday. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on twitter facebook and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts check out our relevant podcast network featuring shows like relevant daily signs of life unedited and many more launching throughout the year Whatever I picture God, he's just a huge face. Relevant Podcast Network.